Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning. Welcome to another edition of News You Can Use right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. I am the host of this program, Ann Baldwin. And you know, it's come to my attention that a lot of you folks that listen to the show in the morning are on your way to church. So I just want to say that is so heartwarming to hear that people enjoy listening to the show on the way to church, especially Jeannie and Don. I know you're out there listening on this Sunday morning and so many others, and we do appreciate it. And back by popular demand, I'm excited to talk with Frank LaBanca because Frank is the uh, director of the Connecticut Science and Engineering Fair, which just wrapped up, but he's also um, a principal at Westside Middle School Academy in Danbury. So, Frank, welcome back. We've got some exciting updates to talk about. Hi, Ann. It's great to be with you again today. Yeah. It's been an exciting month. Uh, the month of March was Connecticut Science and Engineering Fair month, where uh, almost 600 students had a chance to showcase 300 projects of work and uh, just amazing things from our kids. You know, people think of science fairs. I think uh, the Hollywood types think, you know, exploding volcanoes, growing plants under different color lights. That's not what Connecticut students do. They do incredible, incredible work. and. Uh, and they do stuff that is shocking in a lot of ways because it's so advanced, so complex, and so meaningful, too. It really is. And, you know, as I looked over the materials and so many of the submissions that, you know, who I feel sad for and sorry for is the judges that had to go through all this, and not because they went through it, but because they had to make a decision on winners. So, again, you yeah. had, you know, that's got to be a tough job. But, again, this was virtual because we're just right now, you know, on the hopefully on the back end of all this COVID stuff. But what were some of the big um, winners? You know, we've just had the Grammys. We've we just had the Academy Awards. So when it comes to the awards for the Connecticut Science and Engineering Fair, um, what were some of the big things to come out of this? No. I, I think we're more exciting than the Grammys or the Oscars. <laughs> well, not the, not this year, not this year, Frank. You can't beat that. And that not, may, maybe not, no. but maybe maybe our maybe our students held themselves up to a, a higher level. Let's I hope so, because you know what? I'm so sick of seeing it, and I'm so sick of talking about it. Yeah. So yes, it's not it was not a good example for kids, but yeah. these kids are different. And what's really cool yeah. is they really came from across the state. I mean, every school, every city, every town, pretty much was represented. Um, but I'm sure that some big superstars have emerged from this. Yeah, absolutely. Our, our top winners at the high school level received the H. Joseph Gerber Medal of Excellence, and that's sponsored by the Connecticut Academy of Science and Engineering. And we give three of those out 
each year to our top projects in life sciences, our top project in physical science, and our top urban school challenge student. All women this year, by the way. Woo-hoo! So quite exciting. <laughs> the, the ladies are doing amazing, amazing science and engineering research and showcasing at the Connecticut Science and Engineering Fair. So uh, we can first maybe talk about Snigtha Moharaj, who's a freshman at the Engineering and Science University Magnet School in New Haven, Connecticut. And she did a project where she was, uh, let's, let's look at this wild and crazy title. She wasn't, she wasn't making volcanoes. She was implementing non-toxic modified magnetic metal oxide nanoparticle enhanced biochar filtration for the efficient removal of emerging contaminants in aqueous solutions. Wow. Wow. Okay. You know, this, this, this young lady was figuring out how to uh, use biochar, which is, um, you know, basically waste products from uh, natural processes like coconuts and, um, and other materials. They produce this char material, charcoal-like material, which acts as a filter. And what she was doing is she was enhancing those uh, biochar products with nanoparticles. Everyone's talking about nanotechnology these days mm-hmm. and the power it has to change the world. And she was figuring out how she could use these materials to efficiently clean contaminants that are in the environment, like pharmaceutical products or other heavy metals or pesticides. She was, you know, thinking in really deep ways about strategies to clean the environment using natural products enhanced with nanotechnology. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, I, I just it, it just blows my mind that that these young people are thinking at that level and thank goodness they are because you know old people like me need it you know our, our earth needs it our future needs it okay who's next yeah all right so let's talk about ambika grover uh, from greenwich high school and she was she her project title in the life science category was design of a novel dual functioning tissue plasmonogen activator and anticoagulant therapeutic for rapid ischemic stroke treatment as we all know, when people go through strokes, there's a limited amount of time uh, where you can and get some treatment in it, and some of that treatment can have a very significant impact in helping the patient uh, recover very well. And so she also, working with nanoparticles, uh, was looking at developing a therapeutic approach to the treatment of stroke to help dissolve the blood clot. And while she did not test her methodology on human subjects, she had an in vitro, as we like to call it, um, non-living system to uh, test the, uh, the effect of, of her strategy on, um, on, on blood clots to help people with potential stroke events. That's amazing. So where do these kids go from here? What, what happens with, you know, all of this innovation and and all of this, uh, you know, science, how can it be applied and is it applied? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we often say the Connecticut Science Fair, it's just the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's because we're just the beginning. Students go to so many places. And while many of the students choose to follow careers in science and engineering, some uh, pursue other uh, avenues of, of life, uh, a lot of these students take these projects and continue working on them in that direction. Also, some of the students develop such stuff that it's actually patentable. And we have students that work with patent attorneys in some cases to see if they can patent some of their work. Uh, They work with 
companies and universities to advance their work. Sometimes their work is a subset of other work that's going on. And so uh, we've had students that have been published in in academic and, and scholarly journals for their work. Uh, many students have gone on to uh, pursue careers in science and engineering. Uh, a, a notable alum from many years ago is actually from a Connecticut Science and Engineering Fear uh, participant was a uh, MacArthur Genius Award winner, so uh, national recognition. And then, uh, really, on a smaller scale, our top students actually pursue, uh, including the two. And in addition, on a smaller scale, the two young ladies I just spoke about will actually be attending the next level of science and engineering fairs, and that's the International Science and Engineering Fair, which takes place in Atlanta, Georgia, in May. So they'll have a chance. Uh, to go even further with their research and and showcase it on an international stage level. How fantastic! That that's great, and you must see it, especially you know, being the director of the Connecticut Science and Engineering Fair. You must see the hard work, the dedication, all that goes into this. Because even though this was virtual this year, students still came into um, like a Zoom meeting, and then you put them into their virtual conference room and they presented their projects. Um, were you just blown yeah. away, or are you blown away every year by what you see? I am. You know, it, it makes me think, you know, the world is going to be okay hmm. when, when you see what these kids are doing. And, um, and I think, you know, that's the reward, I think, that we who organize and volunteer at the event uh, feel, and also our judges feel that way, too. They are really get, they are getting to see Connecticut's best and brightest at, at their finest. And interestingly, you know, you talked about our event having been virtual this year, which which it was, but even though it was virtual, it still included this live component for them. A lot of the kids kind of went virtual with their projects as well. Hmm. Uh, they did data analysis projects and, and projects around um, computational sciences. So they pursued projects that used artificial intelligence And there's so much to think about, and the future is just, uh, it's not that far away. And you talked about your volunteers. You had so many people volunteer to help, you know, put this thing together and to help judge the projects. But, of course, you couldn't do it without your sponsors either because, you know, it really takes a lot to, to bring an event like this together to do the outreach to these students and more importantly to reward them for their their good work so you had folks and big folks like jackson labs lockheed martin pfizer energizer alexion stanley block and decker bow ringer all those folks believe in what you're doing and believe in the future of these kids and i'm assuming without them you probably couldn't do this no i i as many people know, the Connecticut Science and Engineering Fair is an all-volunteer organization. So myself and everyone included, we all volunteer our time to do this work uh, in for the pursuit of excellence for Connecticut youth. And so our sponsors are really critical to that process, so we are so thankful for not only their financial support, but also for their human capital support, because our sponsors also provide many of the judges, the engineers and scientists that work at Jackson Labs, or are members of the Connecticut Academy of Science and Engineering, or who are building helicopters at Sikorsky in Lockheed Martin, they come out and they are the ones who evaluate these student projects. I think what was really cool this year, the virtual thing does have a perk. We had we had representatives from across the country. Wow. So we had 
we had Jackson Lab scientists that live in California judging our event, and we had people in uh, in South uh, South Carolina participating and in Florida. So uh, adults from all over the country participated and helped evaluate these amazing student projects. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because it's not like, um, you know, a chili contest, right, where you go to the fairgrounds and you taste everybody's chili and you can pick a winner. It takes a tr- certain, you know, caliber of, of individual to be a judge for these things. I mean, I cannot even imagine what it takes on your end to find the right people to really know even what these young people are talking about. Exactly. And I think I have to hand to all the volunteers who act as judging chairs for the organization who help find those judges, find those expertise, and then all the dedicated people who spend the time. And these are hours and hours upon end. They don't just watch the students judge. They they get together afterwards and they caucus, they discuss the projects, they figure out uh, what's going on, which are the top performers. The expertise comes out because, you know, the ones I've described already are very, very sophisticated and, um, and the judges have to be able to discern whether or not the, a criteria bar is met for the innovation that we're trying to seek out to identify. That's right, and the bar is high. We're speaking with Frank LeBlanco, who is the director of the Connecticut Science and Engineering Fair. I want to call out one of the students. Maybe it's because he's from my hometown, but Justin Hull. And I thought his project was also very interesting. He's one of the top, top, Jesus. He's one of the top category winners. His project was titled The Effect of Altering the Material Composition in Ultra High Performance Concrete with regional materials on comprehensive strength. And you know, I immediately went back to my my news days and the crumbling foundation problem that, you know, continues in Connecticut. And I'm guessing that this might even be in response to that to find, you know, better materials for foundations for buildings and homes so that, you know, we don't have the issues that some people are having right now. No, exactly. And I think what what Justin's project showcases is that projects are done in context. He did a project because it really matters. Mm-hmm. And this is, this, like you said, this is a Connecticut issue. And actually one of our sponsors, the Connecticut Academy of Science and Engineering, has had a group working on this, you know, uh, regional experts in Connecticut to try to help the state figure out how to deal with this massive, massive problem of, of uh, bad concrete that is in so many foundations across state and then at the same time trying the student is trying to develop solutions that might not only remedy this problem which he might have identified but also might provide ideas for the future to increase the efficiency and effectiveness of materials and material science that are that are necessary for us in this global world right. it's, it's kind of like a shark tank for kids right <laughs> the- yes I mean, it's so true because, you know, we're talking about very high-quality science and engineering projects. But the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter how quality that project is if you can't communicate it effectively to other people. And so, you know, one of the the things that people may not recognize is that students who do this work have to be superior communicators. Mm -hmm. And that skill transcends just doing science and engineering. That is, that's one of those skills that everybody, everyone who's going to be in a leadership role or really in any role whatsoever has to be effective. You, know, you have to be an effective communicator, and 
And these skill these students show that skill so well. That is amazing, and, and it's it's so beyond so many so many of us so much of our comprehension. These projects, then, how do you kind of you know, like you're explaining what you've done over your backyard fence to your neighbor who who knows nothing about it. That's what I always tell people when I when I teach my mm-hmm. presentation skills. You know, keep it simple, keep it understandable, make it interesting, make it have impact. And you're so right. So you're not only you know talking about those are the skill sets that you need to do this project. You those presentation skills are so huge. I want to point to another one here out of Wilton, um, and this one is a middle school seventh and eighth grade. Um, physical sciences team Leonardo Kulan and Samaka Dash they created a school bus approach alert system you here you go again Frank talking about solving real world problems and I think what's exciting about that again using artificial intelligence to uh, and machine learning techniques to help solve problems that really exist you know, when we, we work with younger kids, sometimes maybe younger than kinetic and science and engineering career age, and we, I often say to them, what bugs you? What bugs you? And because if it's bugging you, it's probably bugging somebody else too. And it's a great way to start exploring that creative process of identifying something that really could have relevance and meaning uh, for you and also society problems that really need to be solved and and they can be sometimes so simple i think that every time i see something you know as seen on tv and they're illustrating just such a simple solution to something why didn't i think of that why didn't i think of that so when you're telling your students what bugs you that's exactly the the mindset that it takes to get it to the next level i think that's great and we should think more in that direction because who knows what we could all come up with if we if our, our problems, like you said, are probably everybody else's problems. So how do we fix it? Was there any big aha moment that came out of this um, for you this year? You know, for me, I, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about how to make the process effective for students. And I think my aha this year was how many adults really are dedicated to helping Connecticut youth advance STEM. And, and those adults are our judges, but those are adults are also the mm-hmm. teachers that are working with these students. You know, the, this is not a traditional way to teach science education. This is an innovative approach, and really the teachers who dedicate themselves to this type of work dig deep and really work hard and advocate for their students and also coach them in a way which might be a little different than the way traditional education takes place. And so all of the people that are there creating this structure for kids who are really passionate about science and engineering, um, they make such a difference. And obviously, you know, we're all volunteers at the Connecticut Science and Engineering Fair. And I think heading into next year, our 75th year, you know, we, we have a, a long promise of supporting and continued support of, of Connecticut. You hit upon it earlier that a lot of these students that have participated throughout the course of many years have really gone on to do big things. Can you think of any cases in particular? Let me tell you about a student um, who participated in the Connecticut Science and Engineering Fair many, many years ago. And his name was uh, Bob Wisner. And he actually participated in the fair in the 1950s. And uh, Bob was interested in engineering, and he went on 
to work at United Technologies and had a, career, a long-spanning career at United Technologies. He uh, had over 15 patents over the course of his career. He helped Children's Hospital develop a, a gate system for helping children with disabilities. He worked on high-energy lasers, uh, some of that star, early Star Wars stuff. And uh, I think more exciting is he dedicated 50 years of his life to the Connecticut Science and Engineering Fair as a volunteer. So uh, not only did he make a huge impact on, um, on science and technology through United Technologies, but he also made a huge impact on, on Connecticut's youth. Uh, we have, he's since passed, but we've had, we have wards in his name now for um, you know, his over 50 years of service to the organization and really close to 70 years of, of involvement. Amazing. All right, so you, you said it before, so now what? How many kids go where, when, and what could the potential outcome of that be? Sure. So we are sending seven students to the International Science and Engineering Fair in Atlanta, Georgia, this May. They are shooting for literally millions of dollars in prizes and scholarship opportunities, uh, and a top prize of $75,000. Wow for the top winner. Uh, Connecticut has had top winners in the past. In the early 2000s, we had a, a, a run of four years in a row where we took home the top prize at the International Science and Engineering Fair. So they'll be going there. We have uh, four groups of students going to the Genius Olympiad, another international competition uh, taking place in Oswego, New York. Going to the Genius Olympiad, and that takes place at the Rochester Institute of Technology. Our, mid, our top middle school students are invited to compete in the Broadcam Masters, a national uh, competition for science research. Top prize scholarship of $25,000. There are so many opportunities that our students will continue to pursue in their work. Not to mention the kids that come back year after year after year. We recognize a number of students this past year who've had multiple years, four, five, six years participating in the Connecticut Science and engineering well fair. you know what thank you for what you do thank you to you and your volunteers at the connecticut science and engineering fair to foster the abilities and the passion um, that these young people have because without that it would be nothing right so i'm sure for these kids it's, it's more exciting than the final four it's just it's amazing and we want want to mention again uh jackson labs lockheed martin pfizer energizer alexion stanley black and decker bow ringer all of you folks out there are the corporate sponsors that that make these things a reality because it does you know time is money it does take time and money and to reward these little geniuses um in a way that they should be rewarded a lot of hard work and dedication goes into this and your track record is just amazing and you've got to keep us posted so once we get you know done with these finals you got to let us know if anybody from connecticut makes the top cut all right all right that sounds all right good. and what do we have look to look forward to for next year next year connecticut science and engineering fair our 75th diamond Woo. year always looking for support uh, participate with us we want you to be a part of our organization whether you can donate one day or multiple days uh, we're, we're doing something great for kids who work really really hard uh, and they're from all over the state and we showcase their work Help us be a part of it. And how can people reach you, Frank? What's the best way to do so if someone out there on their way to church, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, 
says, you know what, I'm retired. I've got this kind of passion and expertise. I would like to help mentor or support this organization. What's the best way for them to find you? The best way to find us is online. Visit us at ctsciencefair.org, ctsciencefair.org, and connect with us. We'll be more than happy to accept your donations, volunteerism, whatever you have to offer. That's great. And and I know that you put personally, Frank, a lot of time. Here you are, the principal of Westside Middle School Academy in Danbury, uh, which is in itself more than a full-time job. And, and also you're giving back to this organization. Personally, why do you do it? Now, I think I've learned in my life that, you know, it's almost a selfish thing to say. When you volunteer, you get the reward too. So you're giving something to others and, and what you get back in return is just as wonderful. Volunteering is such a positive experience. And so whether or not you volunteer for the Connecticut Science Fair or some other organization, volunteering is such an important part of making the world a better place. It really is. So well said, Frank. And if you have never done it, you really should try it because you're right. Um, Sometimes you shake your head and go, why am I doing this for nothing? But you know why you're doing it in the end for the satisfaction, for the look on these uh, folks face that you know that you're giving back and without you and the volunteers and the sponsors that this wouldn't be happening that's why we all do it right yes well frank labanka thank you again we'll look forward to hearing back and see if we have any big winners again this year in the national competitions and of course we'll look forward to next year's event as well so thanks for being here this was great Thanks, Anne, and thank you for showcasing the wonderful work of Connecticut's youth. Absolutely. And, of course, we want to thank you for tuning in to this edition of News You Can Use right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.